Uh, anyway, uh, I'm excited to uh, speak this series, and it was amazing, actually, because Colin and I have been, obviously, uh, sharing a lot of the preaching, and uh, actually, it's a relief, because, as you know, I'm kind of spent most of my life in church leading worship and preaching every now and again, so I was like, I, I need you, and, but I was feeling maybe I should preach this whole series. I haven't done that before, and before I even said anything to him, he was like, Hilt, I think you need to preach the whole series. I was like, okay, that's confirmation, so um, I've got a lot in my mind that I'm going to try and download to you over the next uh, four weeks. Um, it's a big subject. It's a controversial subject, but I really, really am expectant that something is going to shift in a massive way. But for us to allow that shift, we need to open up our hearts. Okay, are you ready? Can we pray quickly? Father, we thank you so much for what you are wanting to do and say into our lives over this next little season as we look at favor. God, I pray that you would anoint me, anoint these words in Jesus' name. I pray that these words would be your words. And devil, we just bind every strategy that you have to uh, rob these words or twist these words uh, or for people to misunderstand. But God, I pray that you would use them powerfully, that our lives would be changed forever in Jesus' name. What God has in your future can't be accomplished on your own. The places he's going to take you, you can't get there by yourself. There will be obstacles that are big and there'll be dreams that seem impossible, and you're going to need some assistance to where you're going. The good news is God has something on you that gives you an advantage, something that will open doors that you cannot open on your own, something that will make you stand out in a crowd, and it's called favor, the F word. And we went with that title because it is controversial, but favor speaks of good breaks. Favor speaks of moving from the background to the foreground. Favor speaks of preferential treatment, if you actually look it up in the dictionary. It speaks of things that you don't deserve. It speaks about when you weren't actually next in line, but you got the promotion. On paper, it didn't make sense, but the home loan went through. That person was against you in the workplace, but for some reason their heart changed and now they're for you. That wasn't coincidence, that's the favor of God. Now, it's, it's important to work hard and to attain what we can on a certain level. I remember having a poster in my room when I was a kid, do your best and God will do the rest. It's the rest that I'm talking about over the next four weeks. You see, our education can only take us this far. Our background can only take us to what it allows. And even though uh, knowledge is good, wisdom is better. And wisdom is something that God breathes into us. It takes us above and beyond. It takes us to a different level. And when God breathes his favor on you, things will happen that you couldn't make happen on your own. And I believe it with all my heart. There's an opportunity that you didn't see coming. The right people, even if you don't know the right people, will find you. I heard uh, this quote once that says, one touch of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. One touch of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. It's just one break. It can be one phone call. It can just be in the right place at the right time or just the right meeting that can take you to that next level. Over the next few weeks, I am going to tell you some stories. I have experienced God's favor in my life in incredible ways. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time today telling you stories about how I've seen God's favor firsthand, 
I think I need to start with the word of God because we need to set a good foundation. But I have seen favor in my life. I'll just tell you one quick one. And the reason why I'm telling you this because it was the 10th anniversary of this particular guy's win. And a guy by the name of Charles Swartzel, you've heard me speak about him before. Um, I, I randomly met. A friend of mine just said, hey, I think you should meet this guy. Um, it's actually Michelle uh, uh, Hughes's dad. He designs golf courses. He said, you should meet this guy. He plays golf. I was like, oh, that's cool. Never heard of him. So I go, I go chat to him, and uh, they, it was a bit awkward, actually. And he was going through a bit of a difficult time in his life. And uh, uh, he said, I said, oh, I heard you play golf. He says, yeah. So I said, I also play golf. <laughs> so he said, I said, where do you play golf? So he said, the European tour. I was like, oh, geez, you must be good. I was like, okay. And, and we started this little friendship, uh, which, which developed, and I, I um, was blessed enough to be able to marry him and his wife, Roz, and we've been in touch over the years, and then I ended up going to the Masters. It happened to be the year where there's only three South Africans that have ever won, Gary Player, Trevor Immerman, and I go the year, and Shoal wins. And it was just, some people say fluke, luck, whatever. I just think it's God's favor. It was the most incredible thing. I got to try on the green jacket. I had to take this photo down, by the way, because I wasn't allowed to do that. Um, there actually, there was a super sport thing the other day, and I don't know if you, any of you watched that, but they said, yeah, there were some friends of Shoal that had the jacket on. He was told to take it down. That was me. Okay. And, and it's like a very prestigious tournament. You're not allowed to do it. But I, I could tell you so much more about that story. But for me, that, that, that was just favor. It didn't need to happen. People say, how did you get to go to the Masters? I was like, well, I knew the guy that won. Okay, but how? And I just see that as the favor of God. Now, some of you have worked hard. You've been faithful. You've honored God. And you're like, but I haven't seen this favor that you're speaking about. Just be faithful because God is about to throw out his favor onto your life. And I really believe it in the next season as we go through the series. Get ready for God to really show off in your life. He's about to do something unusual, something you haven't seen before. The good breaks that you've been trying to get are going to come into alignment. There's going to be promotions. You're not going to be able to explain it because God is going to get all the glory for this. It's the favor of God. Now, what I thought I would do is start off with a good foundation, and that is the Bible. Because I think a subject like this, as we said, it is controversial. Hence also the pink theme. And I had two people message me and say, why is pink controversial? Well, I don't know. We just never really use pink as a branding here in our church. And it's, it's pretty out there, pink. Like, well, I remember 20 years ago, I had a pink shirt. And everyone was like, you're weird. Nowadays, guys can wear pink and it's not weird, okay? But uh, controversial just means there's debate around it, okay? And, and I think with the whole gender thing, there's a lot of debate around pink. Why should, when a, you know girl just have pink dresses and the guys wear blue shirts. I don't know. Okay, so it's controversial. So what I thought I would do is really get to the foundations of it. And we're going to look at the Bible. We're going to look at six characters in the Bible. And you tell me at the end of this, if you think God's favor was on these people's lives or not. I believe God invented favor. He came up with favor. And we're going to see it nice and clearly that it's in the Bible. And then going on through the series, we'll talk a little bit about our own lives and ourselves. We'll talk a little bit about how we need to declare favor over our lives and believe it. We're going to look at how God can give us favor in the storm and in difficult times in our life. And we're also going to look at how God can line things up for us and give us favor connections in life that you wouldn't have made happen on your own. Okay, are you with me? But let's get to the Bible because I know some of you are a little skeptical. I see you looking at me funny right now. And you're like, this is all a little bit candy floss, uh, this whole pink thing and everything. Okay, so we're going to get to what the Word of God says. We're going to first look at Noah. Okay, now I think most of us have heard about Noah before. Okay, Noah, 55 meters long. That's, that's a big boat, okay? That's a massive boat. If you go look at the dimensions in the Bible, it's actually crazy what God asked him to do. He wasn't a builder. It wasn't his profession. 
He wasn't like a woodworker. It seemed impossible. But I believe God will never ask you to do something and not give you the favor to do it. You see, you have favor, every single one of you, but do you have faith to believe that that favor is accessible? Or are you gonna talk yourself out of it? Have some doubts. Some of you say, well, I don't have the resources. I don't have the talents. That's okay. But God has something that makes up for all of that. It's the favor of God on your life. You may have a good education, but education alone isn't enough. Talents alone isn't enough. It's the favor that you need, the favor of God. And people will always have something to say, and you also need to have a team around you. I believe God lines up people. You look even with the story of Noah. He didn't just build the boat on his own. Some of you are saying, well, I don't have the right people around me to build what I'm wanting to do. I believe God will line you up with divine connections, which we're going to look at later in, in the series. And God will bring people of influence around you that will enable the vision that God has called you to do. You don't have to manipulate people. You don't have to try and convince people. You don't have to compromise. You don't have to try and shove people out the way. You don't even have to waste time about winning people over because I believe God will line up things for you. They may not like you, some people, but they're gonna help you anyway without even realizing how God will use it. I've seen that time and time again. If you keep honoring God and keep believing, I think you can expect the favor of God in your life. So if you look at Noah, the people of Noah's day, they, they didn't care anything about God. They were living wildly. They were parting. They were worshiping idols, kind of like my dad when he was younger. And God was a little upset Okay, and he was about to destroy the earth. He could have destroyed the whole earth. He could have wiped them all out just to start over. But look at what Genesis 6, 8 says. But Noah found, say it with me, favor with God. Noah found favor with God. I told you he invented the word favor. This is right in the first book of the Bible, in the sixth chapter. Why did he find favor with God? Look what the next verse says. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Obviously, with us in the New Testament, Jesus has made us in right living with God. That's, that's God's grace over our life, okay? So actually, it's not by our doing that God has shown us his grace. However, I think when we tap into God's grace in our life, we can... We, we can do things and walk in, in God's path for, for our life. And we can make some healthy decisions, some right decisions. And that's how Noah attained favor from God because he honored God in everything that he did. Some versions say he consistently followed God's will. Noah could have compromised. He could have tried to fit in, just do what everybody else did. But he made a choice to walk in obedience. And when you honor God and you keep him first in your life, I believe that we will find more and more favor with God. Now, things can go wrong. Obviously, there's difficulties, okay? But I believe, and we're going to look at it in favor in the storm, that you have no idea sometimes how much favor God is, is still on your life, even in those difficult moments. There are so many things that God may be protecting you from which you think is a difficult time. Say, for example, if it's like, God, I just need my business to be successful and I need to make lots of money, I need to do this. And he's like, it's a difficult time. But maybe, just maybe, he's protecting you because you're not ready to receive the blessing that he wants to throw into your life. Does that make sense? So that could be the favor of God. Favor doesn't mean you won't have challenges. But favor is what's gonna keep the challenges from defeating you. Sometimes God will put, us, put you in a situation to also show you his favor. 
He will allow you to go through something so that he can show his favor in your life. So when I look at the, the meaning of favor, um, I spoke about it a little bit earlier about preferential treatment. Other meanings of it is, is to endorse, to bring to prominence, to give no, notoriety. No, so, so you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Conor McGregor, they call him, he calls himself actually the notorious Conor McGregor. I think there's a picture on the screen of him. Do you guys know this guy? Those of you who watch UFC, I mean, he claims himself is the notorious. Now, notorious or notoriety just means to, to be well-known, to, to be famous. Now, I'm not suggesting that every single one of you are going to be famous across the whole world, but God will want to use you and what you're going to do to be pretty well-known because it's all about influence. And I believe the more influence God can give you, the more people you can win over to know him because it's not about ourselves. Um, the word endorse, I love that. Um, if, if you wrote a book, you could get someone to endorse your book. You could get like a well-known author to read it and then they write a little something at the end. And how many of you guys who are book readers have often gone and read the endorsements at the back? Okay, if John Maxwell thinks it's a good book, then it must be a good leadership book. Are you with me? So there's an endorsement that comes, okay? And uh, Oprah Winfrey uh, had this thing for years. I don't know if she still has a call to her, her book club. Have you heard of Oprah Winfrey's book club? And there would be authors that would write these books they would get her book reviewed by Oprah, and this book that went, would only go on to sell thousands would go on to sell hundreds of thousands, even millions of copies, because Oprah endorsed it. Now, I believe God wants to endorse you, and he has endorsed you. Seriously, this is, this is not Oprah here, this is God. And if God endorses you, how much more prominent can you, can you be in the things that God has called you to do? God is gonna make things happen that are so big, so amazing, People will know it. And I love it when people recognize it and know it. You can't take the glory for yourself because it wasn't you. In, in the case of these books selling thousands, it was Oprah. It was her endorsement. Obviously, they had to have a fair amount of talent to write the book. But often an endorsement comes and it promotes you to much bigger things. And I believe that God can do that even in your own life. He can endorse you. He can shift things. He can change things in your business. He can change things even when it comes to your medical health. He can put you so far ahead and other people go, I went to the same school as you. What's going on? Why are you, why are you so far ahead? Because God has endorsed you. God has shown his favor on you when you belong to him. So when we look at Noah, we just look at how God endorsed him. God used him. He built this boat and saved mankind. God had favor on his life. The second character I'm going to look at is Daniel. Are you with me? Daniel, uh, now favor didn't keep Daniel out of trouble. Remember I said to you earlier, it won't keep you out of trouble, but it's an opportunity for God. It's a setup really for God to show his favor in your life. Now, this particular story of David actually brought him into prominence, okay? He was a teenager living in a foreign country. I don't have time to go into the whole story today. And uh, they were only allowed to worship the king's gods, okay? But Daniel worshiped Jehovah, okay, the real God, and he had made a decision and he wasn't going to compromise in any way, so he kept praying like normal, and then there were some people that saw him praying, got a little bit frustrated about that, went and told on, and Daniel finds himself in the lion's den, okay, now favor doesn't keep you out of the lion's den, but favor keeps the lions from devouring you, Listen to what happened the next morning, Daniel 6.23, because the king didn't sleep that night, because he was, he actually liked Daniel, but Daniel had gone against him. And there were some other people that kind of manipulated the situation a little bit. Listen to what happened here. The king was overjoyed when he saw Daniel was okay and, and ordered that Daniel be lifted from out of the den. Not a scratch was found on him for he had trusted in his God. I don't know about you, but lions are terrifying. <laughs> you know the bush, you know when they come walk right past you. I mean, those things are, I mean, they're paws. 
Can you imagine... I don't know how Daniel went in there, but I think I would have gone in kicking and screaming. <laughs> Please don't do me. It must be the most terrifying thing of his life, but I don't know. Maybe Daniel had some faith beyond mine, but he was not touched. And then the king said, from now on, we're all going to worship the God of Daniel. He gave Daniel prominence just through one small thing. One night, Daniel was taken to new prominence. Now, some of you are saying, well, maybe the lions weren't hungry and it was just like a little bit lucky because that does happen. There is such a thing as this by chance, right? Okay, but when they took Daniel out, the king actually had the people that threw him in. They threw them into the, I know this is not a nice story, but they threw them in. They reckon before they even hit the ground, the lions tore them apart. I heard a story of this uh, one guy who was in the bush and he was a Christian and this lion came. And he was terrified and he just started running. And as he was running, the, running kind of away from the lion, the lion was just slowly making ground on him. And he said, Lord, please, if you could just make this lion a Christian, because it says in your word, do unto others as they have done unto you and they don't want to eat me. And as he said, amen, the lion just stopped like this, dust flew away. Lion got on his knees and said, for what we're about to receive, may the Lord make us truly thankful. <laughs> Not really. When people saw what had happened with Daniel, they knew the Lord was on Daniel's side. And God is going to do some things in your life to bring you to prominence, new levels of influence, new levels of credibility. People can debate what you say, but people can't debate what you see, what they see. They will see. I love Angus Buchan often talks about it. He says, no one can argue with your personal story. They can't deny the grace and the favor of God over your life. When they one day see you running your own business or running a company or paying off your house or, I, I don't know, f finishing school for some of you or, or graduating from university or beating cancer or, or overcoming that addiction, when God endorses you, you come out of the lion's den unharmed. You will accomplish dreams that are far ahead of you and you will know that it's God's favor on your life. And I really believe that God can bring greater prominence in all of our lives. And it doesn't matter about what background we have, but we've just got to continue to put him first, serve him, and give him the recognition because favor is coming. Okay, third person, are you ready? And you knew I'd probably go there, but David, did he not have favor or what? So David spent years and years in the shepherd's fields, just on his own, probably pretty lonely actually. Actually, he was kind of like the brother that no one really took too much notice of. So much so when they, when they called David's dad to bring all the sons, they didn't even display David because he was like, nah, he's just a little shepherd boy. So he was out, you know, he would never do anything great, never amount to much. I suppose for those of you maybe in families, you always feel like maybe someone's the favorite. This, that David was not the favorite, okay? He was stuck out there on his own. It's almost like people didn't really believe in him, but he didn't need people to believe in him. You don't need people to believe in you. You just need to understand that God believes in you. And when David had the opportunity, he defeats Goliath, okay? It was, it was just one moment, one stone. He came prepared, though, because he took five. One stone, okay? He defeats the enemy, Goliath. And there was one endorsement, which took him to a whole new level of destiny and made up for all the years where he felt like he was a nobody, you may feel like you've fallen behind. You may feel like it's too late to accomplish that dream. You're never going to get better. You're never going to be able to do this. But God can do something in one little moment that can push you 50 years ahead. 
that someone would have taken 50 years to achieve on their own. I really believe that because it's the power of God's endorsement. One of the words of um, uh, favor is, is like a seal of approval. I don't know if you've seen something like this before on a package or food or a product. Like you, you get the seal. It's like the stamp of approval. Okay, when I got my Italian passport, I had to get a document that had an apostille, which was like a, a wax stamped thing. And it basically main, means like this is legit. Okay, this is the real deal. Okay. And I really believe God wants you to understand that he's about to stamp the seal of approval on your life. And we see it on products, and these products that maybe get a seal or a stamp of approval may go on to not really sell much on its own, but when they get the stamp, just like a book endorsement, they go on to actually be incredible, and, and they, they don't even have to do much marketing because they've got the stamp or seal approval of some company or some organization. And I believe that when the creator of the universe stamps as a seal and approval on your life, everything changes. Do you believe that? Everything changes. People will literally get out of your way because God has ordered it to be like that. You will defeat giants much bigger than you ever dreamed were possible. People didn't think you had a chance. You were just a nobody. You were never going to do that. But God has his favor on your life and he will endorse you. The fourth person, Joseph. I think a lot of us are familiar with the story of Joseph. Again, Joseph's uh, brothers uh, were... Frustrated with Joseph, they actually felt like Joseph was the favorite to the dad because the dad made him this nice coat and, and the, the, everything Joseph said, like he entertained and the brothers used to get so irritated and Joseph had all these dreams and dreams about how the brothers were going to bow down uh, to him one day. I actually read the whole story of Joseph yesterday, just uh, I, I don't have time to go into it, but it was actually fascinating to read it again because I'm familiar with it, but there were so many other things that I picked out of. Just go, go read, uh, it's in Genesis uh, 30, 39. We're going to just have a piece of it in a moment. But everything was against Joseph when the uh, brothers kind of like got frustrated with him and they throw him into this pit, okay? And he basically then, they take him out of the pit and, and then they, they sell him off as a slave, okay? Listen to uh, Genesis 39.4. Joseph found favor in his eyes, so this is the king, and became his attendant, Potiphar put him in charge of his household and entrusted to his care everything he owned. Sorry, this wasn't the king. It was actually Potiphar who was kind of second in charge or did stuff for the king. So he found favor straight away as he arrived there. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Joseph spent a long time in a, in a servant-type role. I think it was about 13 years, in fact. You can imagine him being so bitter, so angry, like his brothers try to kill him. They've sold him for slavery, and he loved his dad, and his dad loved him, and he hasn't been able to have contact with him. Can you imagine 13 years? Some of us didn't see our family for a year during COVID. Can you imagine 13 years? Can you imagine just what was going on inside of him? But I love the fact that it said that God, that God he put him in charge, and, and, and he found favor in the eyes of the people there. And one thing I've learned over the years, you cannot keep a favored person down. You can't. Because if God endorses you, God puts his favor on you, you, you cannot be kept down. And a, a guy like Joseph, I mean, he was a slave. And then, you, I think you may know the story, but the, the king has a dream. No one could interpret it. Joseph spent a lot of time with God, and he asked God to help him interpret the dream. He comes in, I can't imagine the meeting being longer than 30 minutes an hour. I don't know what they discussed, but he probably shared the whole dream. And Joseph interprets the dream. 
okay? And one moment, all the heartache, all the pain, all the bitterness, all the, can you imagine, just unforgiveness towards his brothers, I, I don't know, all of that stuff just disappeared in an instant because Joseph basically walks out the prime minister, second in charge, from a slave to prime minister because he interprets a dream. Is that not favor? Some say a lucky break. That is the favor of God. Some saying, well, how could this even happen? I really believe when God breathes on you, supernatural doors will open. Obstacles that look permanent will just be pushed out of the way. From slave to second in charge to prime minister. And the crazy thing about the story, I don't know if you know, but years later, Joseph's brothers, there's a famine in the land and they're hungry. And they go all the way to Egypt and Joseph, because he was uh, kind of second in charge, he was kind of allocating the food relief budget, right? And they came before their brother. They didn't even recognize him. They didn't know him because they hadn't seen him for 13 years. And there's this fascinating account and, and if, when they finally realize that he's his brother. But Joseph could have been so um, uh, unkind to them. But he, he actually he completely flips things on his head. And I really believe you've got to remember something, guys. When God promotes you or brings you from one situation to other, you have to recognize the kindness of God over your life, the favor of God in your life, because that will in turn make you show kindness and favor to other people. You, you can't be selfish with it and just take it for yourself. It has to be paid forward. And you see even how Joseph paid it forward. And sometimes you may think that, I don't know if you've heard of the bow and arrow analogy, uh, you know, when you pull a bow back, the devil might think that he's trying to pull you back, but it's, I think it's a setup really for God to just catapult you to shoot you into whole new levels of things that you haven't seen. And when God says it's time, he's gonna shoot you into whole new prominence, into new levels of influence, leadership, Respect into income, into credibility. And when Joseph's brothers finally realized who he, who he was, you can imagine they nearly passed out. Their, their eyes were so wide when they actually realized. And there's this beautiful reconciliation that happens uh, and with the dad. And I remember back to the early days of the church um, <clears throat> talking about levels of prominence. We were nobodies. Honestly, we used to meet in our home. Then we used to have meet in a school hall. Do you remember those days? <laughs> Dusty school hall floor, eh? rolling cables and... I remember going to some youth pastors, fraternals and things, and they're like, sorry, who are you? Where are you from? No, we're from this little church from Cliff Harvest. Where do you guys meet? And are we in a little school hall? Oh, okay. They didn't really take us too seriously. I remember trying to get a band together and do these worship events, and it was like, ah, you know. No one really, you know what I mean? We'd have youth camps of like 20, 30 people, and other churches were having youth camps of 500 people. And I just, they were difficult years. And I've just seen over the years how God has just, put his favor even on this, this, this church. And the story of getting this piece of land, like, I mean, that was, a, that was a 10 minute meeting. My dad goes in to Marisburg, meets with the right person, I don't even know how that all happened. And uh, they said they wanna buy this piece of land. No, no, people have offered millions for this land for a petrol station, you're never gonna get it. That was the talk, you know? And we knew that we needed to put a stake into this community. And uh, my dad said, well, we'll offer 100,000. And he was like, no, a little bit more. And then eventually for 200, and 250,000 rand, he just kept going a little bit up. We are sitting in front of the guy that has the, the authority to make a decision to give us this land at 250,000 rand 20 years ago. And we walked out of that short meeting, 10 minutes or whatever it was, and all of a sudden we were the owners of this piece of land right on one of the busiest highways in the upper highway area. Is that not the favor of God? And just being here has taken us to new levels of prominence because God is all about influence. He wants to use us as Open Skies Church and bring more influence and bring more people to get to know him. That is the favor of God. 
There may be people that will criticize, come from the side, try and pull you back down. I mean, even the scripture says when God heard Miriam criticizing Moses behind his back, listen to what it says. While they were at Hazaroth, this is in Numbers 12, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a, a Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on the earth. And I really believe God hears your cries. God hears the criticism from other people. And if God has called you, God has appointed you, nothing can hold you back. God will silence all those critics. I really believe it. And we've seen him do it over the years, even in our own life. And Moses, it says there, just in brackets that he was more humble and I think that's such an important key when we want to tap into the favor of God as God starts to bring you into new levels of prominence or whatever it is or even in your business stay humble because you recognize your source where it comes from are you all still with me I've only got a couple minutes left and then I've got to do the last few stories you know over the years sometimes people um based on something you do they come and congratulate you and say well done I've always battled with that I must be honest and I've really also been careful that it's not false humility because I think that can, isn't, basically it's pride as well, being, oh, no, no, don't worry. You know, I'm a, I think we've got to learn to, to, to receive uh, some con- congratulations. That's okay. But internally in your heart, I always try and deflect that to God and say, God, this is, th- this is all you. I know. I mean, I look at my life. There's no ways I could have attained any of what I've done in my life on my own. There is absolutely no way. And there's always someone better than you. And I think that also keeps you humble as well. I've always believed that. There is always someone that can do it far better than you, but you've just got to stay in your lane. That land meeting was 10 minutes. It's amazing what God can do in 10 minutes. It's amazing what God can do in 30 minutes, half an hour. Look at Joseph with the meeting with the Pharaoh. And it's amazing what God can do overnight. Look at how Daniel was protected in the lion's den. And I believe God is setting you up for some things that may, you think, take 13 years like Joseph, but it can be done in an instant when God endorses you and puts his favor on your life. Last two quick ones, and then I'm done. Okay, Joshua. You guys heard of Joshua? So he worked under Moses. He was a servant to Moses. It's amazing how we've actually got to come low and serve. And there will be many, many seasons and years of serving and serving and serving, then God just suddenly elevates you. Joshua 3 says this, the Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all Israelites. Today, there is gonna be that day for every single one of you where it's all of a sudden, here we go, here it is. They will know that I am with you. You see, the credit is God. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. And God was saying, Joshua, in this moment, I'm about to endorse you. People are going to see greatness that I put in you and you're gonna move from the background to the foreground. You've been serving Moses, you've been faithful, but God is about to put you into the foreground and he became an incredible leader and he led them into the promised land. Okay, God has that day for you where God will just show, show off basically in your life and just actually elevate you. Just, it's, it's undeserved, it just happens. I'll never forget watching the um, Faith Like Potatoes, uh, what do you call it, the preview at the cinema in uh, Pavilion. Now, we had a tiny, tiny little role. Like we were a background little band. It was a very last minute thing. They said they need a band for the stadium. Would you come down? While I was there, I got chatting to this, um, to Franz Crenier, who was producing, and his daughter was there, and we just got chatting. She loved music, and we chatted, and I think I had a CD with me that I'd done, and I gave it to her, and uh, that was it. 
Franz Cunier phones me a few weeks later. He's like, look, we need a few little background songs, and they don't want to pay a huge amount of royalties. Um, could, we, could we use some of your songs? I'm like, sure, no problem. And I had to sign an agreement, one rand per song. He still owes me three rand, by the way. I said he can get me a Coke when he's back up here one day. Um, and I said, no problem. I mean, my songs, go for it. So I'm sitting in the theater watching the, the movie, and I was blown away by the movie. That was actually how I met Frank, and we're good friends today. As you know, Frank's spoken here at our church, and that's when we actually connected. We, we were just literally in behind the scenes. You know, I was on the set of a movie here, you know. Um, that we, we, we were just chatting. And anyway, so I watched this preview, and it gets to the end of the movie, and the credits start coming up. Then next thing, like in the middle of the screen, it says music by Hilton Gregg. I was so embarrassed because I was like, people thought I wrote the title track, did the score for the whole movie. I was getting phone calls. I got emails. I started getting like friend requests from people in Brazil and all over the world saying it was the most bizarre thing. I mean, and that is a perfect example. I was like, I didn't do anything. They just used like some background. I mean, you hear me in the bra scene and the bar scene and some other scene, you know? It's, it's so ridiculous. But God has this ability just to do something. And actually from that, there was a, there was a lot of great opportunities that came out of that. That's just God. Romans eight nineteen says this, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day, that day when God will reveal, reveal who his children are. Isn't that beautiful? The stage is set. God is gonna reveal. You keep honoring God. God is gonna do something powerful in your life. He's gonna just shine his favor, his blessing on you on that day, and it's gonna come out of nowhere. And when it speaks of greatness, I think of um, Caro School. That's one of their... Uh, it's like their slogan, right? Developing greatness. Why does it have to end when we suddenly come into maturity as an adult? Like as kids, we throw in this whole thing. You can be great. You can be the best. You can do this. You can do anything. Like Jude has all these dreams. And I mean, that guy doesn't lack confidence. He's going to be doing this and that. And I'm like, good on you, buddy. You keep going. But what happens to us? I think life hurts us. And we start to be despondent and we start to not expect things. God wants great things for all of your life. Some of you are sitting here today and you're 60 years old, 70 years old, and you're like, oh, my life's been okay. Believe that God has greatness in every single one of you and your best days are still ahead. God wants to show his favor on every single one of you. Last character, are you ready? Then we will close. Those online, are you still with me? Hopefully, you can't answer me. Last story. And it's a beautiful story and it's a story of Esther. I mean, story of favor like none other. Esther, for those of you who don't know the story, she's an orphan girl. Living in, like, in exile, really. She, she gets taken on, I think, by her uncle. She's a nobody, okay? The king then decides he wants to do a, a nationwide beauty pageant search. Bring all the girls, okay? They choose Esther as one of them, okay? She goes and spends some time uh, in, in the, the harem of, of where, where the, the king lived, okay? And listen to this, okay? Esther, an absolute nobody, okay? Esther 2.9. As she gets there, it says, Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. Is that not the favor of God? He quickly ordered a special menu for her, preferential treatment, and provided her with beauty treatments. Anyone like a beauty treatment? I'm a guy, I really love to go for massages. Like some guys are like, no, like my dad. You, 
it's my best, eh? Absolute best. Like, I'm not into facials and pedicures on my feet and all that stuff, but like, give me a massage any day, okay? So they give her all the beauty treatments. It says, he also assigned her seven maids, specially chosen from the king's palace, and moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. I believe God can move things out of the way, move you into the best place. Seriously. I believe it. When I travel, I'm like, God, thank you for favor here as we're checking in here in Durban because I've never been charged for over baggage when we've gone as a band. I don't know how. It's a miracle. But we should have been so many times. And I'm like, no, no. Can we just, uh, and we have a conversation and then I'm like, I speak to this person and God just gives favor wherever I go. It's the most incredible thing. And God can do that. He did it right from the beginning of time. And he moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem, the best seat on the bus, the best seat on the plane, the best parking lot. Anyone believe for good parkings? So they line up all these, these young ladies, or they each kind of have a turn to go meet the king. Okay, they were all beautiful. They were all wearing the latest fashion. They all had their hair and makeup done. And you can imagine the king looking at their resumes, where they're from, and uh, 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 Esther's stepdad just said, just don't say anything about your background, you know? And listen to this, Esther 2, 17. And the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. He was delighted with her, that he had set the royal crown on her head and declared her queen instead of Vashti. She became queen, an orphan girl, a nobody. She becomes queen. Is that not favor? And she went on to do many, many incredible things and help many, many people. I mean, there's so much more to that story that I can't even go today because I've got to end. You see, you think, well, nobody's going to choose me. How am I going to be able to make a success in my life? How am I going to stand out? You see, you've got to understand that there's this thing called favor that God has that's accessible to every single one of his believers who simply have the faith to believe. Some of you today may say, well, this, this sounds awesome, Hilton, but like, I honestly don't, I haven't experienced it in my life. I don't, I don't have the training. I, neither did Esther. Some of you say, well, I don't have the qualifications to get to where I want to go. I believe doors are going to open up for you and you're going to look back and go, I don't know how I got here so quick. You see, Esther wasn't looking for position. The position came to her. She went from the background to the foreground. And I love the fact that she used her influence to help many of the Jewish people, to save many of them that were going to be destroyed. And I believe that God gave her prominence because he knew that her influence would help fulfill his purpose. And I think many of the times we don't receive this favor and this opportunity because it's often for selfish gain. And one of the things I've always tried to do with anything, anything good that comes from God, it says in the Bible, all good and perfect gifts come from above. See, if we just take it for ourselves, it's like God can't really trust us with it. In closing, favor is not about having a bigger house. It's not about having a, a better car or more stuff, even those things are great. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not why God is gonna give you favor. The favor that he wants to give you is to fulfill the purpose that he has placed on your life to advance his kingdom. I really believe it. You want God to bless your business? Say, God, I wanna give more to your kingdom. I wanna see your kingdom advanced. And let me tell you, you'll see the favor of God over your business. And I want to declare this over to you as we close today. When your dreams are tied to helping others, to making the world a better place, 
to lifting the fallen, then you will come into the that days, that one day where God will shine more than you've ever imagined. When God can trust you, He will take you from obscurity to notoriety. Now you've worked hard, you've been faithful, you've honored God, but get ready because the curtain is about to come up. God is about to show people who you really are. And I believe, and that's our theme for the year, and I declare and trust that every single one of you, when I look out here today, that you can come into new levels of prominence, new levels of influence, new levels of income, because God is about to endorse you. People are gonna see the greatness He put in you, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the truth of Your Word. We've seen Your favor just on six characters in the Bible, God. Why wouldn't we believe it for ourselves? Today. And God, I pray as this word has gone out, it's simply the truth. This is not fluffy, candy floss, magic stuff. This is simply believing and having the faith that you are our Father, you love us. And because you love us and we're your children, we have preferential treatment. This is not about looking down on other people and saying, ha, I told you so. But this is just about receiving the favor and blessing of God. And God, would you shift some mindset today? And I and even sense that for some of you today where there's maybe been a struggle in even receiving this word today. It's the word of God. Stick with me for the journey though. But God, I pray that you would just come and shift our hearts, change our mindset today in Jesus' name. Where we as a church start to really believe you to do incredible things in and through our life. Not for self-gain, not for ourselves, God but to see your kingdom advanced. God, you wanted to do something incredible in and through each and every single one of us. And we cannot get there on our own. We need you, God. If this prayer identifies with you today and you're saying, oh God, I, I need you. More, more than ever today, I've realized like I can't do this on my own. As a sign of surrender, as a sign of saying, God, here I am, use me, give me favor, lift your hand. I don't think there should be a hand in here that doesn't go up, really. Lift your hand, say, God, here I am. Use me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Lord, our hearts are open. We're so grateful for what you've already done. And just because we expect him for more things doesn't mean we're not grateful, but we really trust you, God, to show yourself faithful and favorable in every single life, every hand raised today. I pray, God, in Jesus' name for miracles new levels of influence. I sense someone right now even judging this, saying, oh, prosperity, gospel stuff. We don't often preach about this at church. I actually was a little bit anxious to even preach into this because of how it can be misconstrued. It's just the Word of God. Don't let any previous mindset or what you've heard via via change what God is wanting to deposit in your heart here today God we trust in you we really believe it God that you would bring blessing and favor to our lives but for your good for your glory Jesus I pray supernaturally it would break something powerful shatter mindsets today in Jesus name even over this church God where there's been limits I pray that you remove those limits today in Jesus' name. 
that we're going to see you move and do mighty things, God, things beyond our wildest dreams. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Last prayer today. If you're here today and you're like, this, this sounds amazing. Like, I want to know this God you're talking about. You don't even know God. And you're like, never even given your life to God. And in a moment ago, we got people to lift up hands to say, I'm surrendering to this. If you today are here or even online and you've like never prayed a prayer saying, God, come into, into my life. You've never surrendered your whole life to God. I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that now. We're gonna pray a prayer together. So if that is you, while all eyes are closed, if that is you and you've never prayed a prayer saying, Jesus, come to my life, would you mind just popping up your hand? We're gonna pray. Just so I know who I'm praying with. Is there anyone? Anyone here today? Wanna to pray that prayer? I don't see any hands in the auditorium today. Or there's, there's some hands here actually. Anyone else? And maybe if you are online here today, let's pray this prayer together, nice and loud, all together. Dear Lord Jesus, from today, I commit my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for forgiving me and setting me free. I now turn for my past. And I look forward to a new future with you. Come and live in my heart by your spirit. Change me and make me into the person that you want me to be. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.